of the story, the power of this story goes on and on and on. Because it's good news. It's good news. And I want to speak this morning on it's good news for whoever, for forever. This is good news for whoever, but for forever. I'm grateful to Josh last week that he explained that we all too readily overlook the scandalous nature of Jesus' birth. And the heart of God that this expresses, a heart to, to reach and embrace every human being in the good news that has come, that he has come to be with us. God himself has come to be with us. So I want to pick up on this theme the essence of which we've seen acted out by the children on the screen. But the message is no one can say that I'm beyond this good news. First, the, the story starts in a relationship that is almost impossible to imagine and beyond our ability to explain. John in his gospel writes this and tries to explain it. He says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. We receive that as poetry, as a declaration. But it touches on the very nature of God. The, the heart of his nature he exists as three persons. And in the glory of heaven, he decided within himself that in the person of the Son, the living Word, he would come to earth to be with us. How does this work? I have no idea. I don't know. But in the glory of heaven, in the glory of the relationship of the Father face to face with his Son, with himself in communion with his Holy Spirit. God moved to come to us. And he broke into time. Galatians 4 says, in the fullness of time, at the appropriate moment, at a specific moment, God came, sent his Son, to be born of a woman, to redeem those who were trying to live by rules and to adopt them to become part of his family. He didn't wait for us to be good. He didn't wait to find out whether we're naughty or nice. He came just as was we, to take us just as we are. While we were weak, Romans says, at the right time, Christ came ultimately to die for us. He showed his love for us and that while we were still sinners, while we were still behaving badly, he came and died 
for us. And then as Josh explained last week, he came in a way that was spectacularly low, spectacularly embracing. He came as a baby when he could have come as a person of power or of influence. He came to a teenage peasant girl who at best was very close to being a a single mother or at worst at the risk of being stoned, as Josh explained, in the reality and scandal and the threat to her life. He came to parents who weren't well off. It says in Luke 2 that when the time came to present the offerings in the temple, they presented an offering of two doves. And in Leviticus 12, it says that the, the offerings for cleansing after a baby has been born, when the mother is fulfilled in the, in, through the, the birth period, that it says, will you offer up a lamb? Unless you can't afford it, in which case two doves will suffice. And this is the thing which surprises me. He came to the reality of family life. We don't often think about this. But in Matthew 13, and it's confirmed in Mark 6 as well, Jesus starts to preach later in his life in Nazareth. And the people said, hang on a moment, who is this guy? This is Jesus, surely this is Jesus. He's the son of Joseph, or he's the son of the carpenter, it says. It doesn't name Joseph, but it's or it says he's the carpenter. And his mother, Mary. And then it says, oh, and his brothers are here too. James, Joseph Jr., Simeon, and Jude. And all his sisters are here. So that's all his sisters. So to be all his sisters means at least three. So if you've got four brothers, three sisters, and they've got an older brother who's been adopted, who Joseph has taken on as his own. That's eight children at least. He grew up in family. And you can see some of the, almost, I wonder in John 7 when it says uh, that his brothers said to him, actually, if you really want to get your message across, it's best to go to Jerusalem. But actually, and then it says, but his brothers didn't believe in him yet. As though they're saying, oh, our old brother. It's, it's, um, if, you, if you really want to, why don't you go down south? Go down to Jerusalem. His brothers did believe because James became the leader of the Jerusalem church and in Acts 15 spoke with authority to sort out the church when it got into some difficulty. And later he wrote the book of James. And the last in the list, Jude, wrote a letter which is the penultimate book in the Bible, the book before the book of Revelation. So his brothers did believe. But he was part of a family. He knew what it was to grow, to, to grow up with younger brothers and sisters. He came to an unimportant country area, not, in the, not to the center of the empire of the time. But even in, that, even in that back province of the Roman Empire, he didn't come to the capital city. He didn't come to the cultural center down south around Jerusalem. He went up north to Galilee to the fishermen. He came on the move, not when everything was ready for him. There was no room left, as we've seen. 
And in our modern day equivalent, if you put it into the UK, he came from the likes of, his family came from the likes of Blackburn, Burnley, or Bolton. But they were down south, probably staying in a service or passing through a service station at Watford. Apologies to anybody from Watford, Blackburn, Burnley, or Bolton. He didn't come to the center. And he was careful who he invited to, to share his arrival with, as Josh explained last week. I like the story that in addition to the shepherds, two old people spotted his arrival. Simeon at the temple and a, a, an old prophetess, Anna. Older people. Simeon said, now let your servant depart in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, he prophesied over the baby Jesus, which you've prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. So even though God had come in low under the radar, the people who were sensitive to what was happening spotted his arrival. God didn't come to tell us what to do. It's almost as though he didn't want to force a thing. He simply wanted us to choose to be with him. Reading on from the passage which I read out earlier, John 1 verse 10 says this, he came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But, 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 but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God, connected to him once again as children back in the family. We don't have to get everything right to have a relationship with him. We just have to receive him, open up our hearts and receive him. In the New Testament, John says, in, uh, later in his gospel, he says, God loved the world to the extent, as we've seen, that he sent his son, that whoever looks to him and believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life and will be safe forever. God doesn't want anybody to be condemned. He wants us to be safe. But he leaves the choice up to us. What do we want to do? The Christmas story is a lovely story that's mixed up with our personal family memories. The best ones really happy. The sad ones less so because often they refer to things about we, that we miss, people we miss or situations or memories that we miss, missing the good times. But behind it all is the story of God, our heavenly dad, who wants his children back, wants us to be connected with him. And our choice this Christmas time, as much as any other time, is do we want to receive him? If we do, what an amazing outcome. To as many as received him, he gave the power to become part of the family once again. So our response can be to join in with the angels and sing glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill to all Men, good news, it's for whoever, for forever.
what's our choice today? Lord, we receive you. We receive you still. Amen.